Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. If you don't know who my next guest is, you've got to run out and start following her right now. And more importantly, if your kids don't know her by first name, you're going to want to take a look into how she can be a part of their journey. Jen is passionate about changing the world through our children by instilling them at an early age what she never had, an emotional vocabulary. Jen teaches children's yoga. She provides children with the knowledge and the tools that will help them navigate life on those cloudy days and live confidently when the sun is shining. Trust me when I say that she's making the world a brighter place. She is spreading her reach even further through her thoughtfully crafted items, such as an affirm big card deck and inspirational clothing. I cannot wait for you to fall in love with my next guest, Jen. Thank you. Yes, hello and thank you for being here. Thank you, I'm so happy and excited. Yeah, I can't wait to share your story with the world and talk about all of the great things that you're doing. Uh, but before we get to that part, I want to start here. So you are wanting to instill in our children what you never had growing up. Can you take us back to your childhood and talk about what it was like and how you kind of got to where you are today? Okay, yes, for sure. So um, as I feel a lot of our generation was brought up with, um, our parents were raised by strict parents and which is good because I do feel like my values that are instilled by my parents are, I'm very grateful to have the work ethic, the manners, the appreciation for the things. However, I do feel like in general in our um, nature, people are lacking by the time we are adults. Um, Yeah, emotional vocabulary and emotional understanding. And I don't think in my childhood, um, not that it was bad, but I don't think I was given space to even understand bad feelings. And I don't think lots of I I think it's very uncommon, even with the kids I work with. Um, But it's even understanding that, you know, like when we're children, we can get in trouble for doing something inappropriate or bad and whatever that may be. But sometimes it's actually not, it's a we're learning. We are taking our steps to try and just understand our lives and mistakes are going to be made. And I feel like, um, I don't know, I never really had that. And I don't think a lot of people did just like you made a mistake and it's okay. And let's learn from our choices and how to navigate better choices for ourselves. Um, And I think then that brings on a sense of um, like low self-esteem almost because you just don't know when you're like, I'm going to get in trouble and I don't want to be bad and I need to be good and I need to do this the best and be the best, the best, the best, the best, best. But like you don't even know what the best is. So I feel like as I grew up, I mean, I have loving parents. They are very family orientated and whatnot, but I do feel like that little such an important tool um, kind of can leave you open to not even understanding your emotions. You don't even know where you're fit. You're just like floating around trying to get through and be 
good in quotation marks, whatever that may be. And I just feel like as I grew up, I grew up um, not insecure, but like almost a fake sense of confidence. But I didn't know any of my, um, I didn't know any of my um, insecurities, I guess. I wasn't able to understand that my insecurities were not knowing how to feel my body and when I was nervous and when I was making bad choices like I didn't even listen to my body when I was making bad choices and your body's telling you all the time no matter what that is if you're um, doing the smallest thing that's not good you're just still doing it because you're not listening you're just like okay well I'll just do this to maybe fit in or whatever and so as I grew up I feel like in high school that kind of had its effects on me as well and you know all growing up in school is hard kids Mm -hmm. hard to deal with and I feel like in high school I had a lot of that I didn't always get along with a lot of people and I didn't know how to take that and I felt I was being genuine but I mean what is genuine anyways when you don't know what is genuine to you I wasn't taught that I wasn't taught like who I am and my emotions and then it did end up getting me into um, like unhealthy situations where I had been put in situations to be emotionally um, damaged. And then um, I had put myself in places that made me unsafe. And in those unsafe places, um, you are given moments of trauma. And I feel like if I could have listened to my own instincts, even now looking back at like the moments that changed my life, I'm like, if I could have been taught how to listen to myself, I wouldn't have been in that that, that place. I would have understood my body was like, no, this seems like you're about to be in a danger zone. And then that just snowballed into the rest of my life. I got into unhealthy relationships. I stayed in unhealthy relationships and I allowed myself to be, um, treated how I shouldn't be because I just thought I was I just thought that um I don't know how to explain it I guess um you don't know that what you're doing is wrong even though it feels wrong in you you're like I'm gonna be a mom I'm gonna be a wife I'm gonna be all these things so I guess that's I was busy being what I thought I should be in the meantime, getting um, myself into unhealthy relationships and staying there for my whole entire adult life. So that's how I believe that um, we should become um, more focused on our kids. I think that if our children are given those tools that they can keep themselves safer and understand that they can have bad days, that they can, um, that feeling bad, is gonna happen and it's okay to feel bad. And you know, like kids are getting trouble sometimes when they're cranky and sometimes like, why are they not allowed to be cranky? I have a cranky day. It's like, (laughs) yes, you're feeling cranky, I'm sorry. Right. So yeah, just, um, I feel like my whole life I went through it blindly. So when you go back to those situations where you weren't really listening to your intuition or feeling your body, did you, like, did you tuck them away somewhere? Did you know that there was something or were you kind of just unaware in those situations how to tap into it? 
I think looking back, um, I knew, I knew I was, I knew it was not good. I knew I was putting myself in places and in those moments, like I just remember being there and I don't know. It was like almost like thinking what I was doing was what I, I just doing what I should do. Just what I should do for everybody else. That was just like, I just went through my life doing what I should do to please people basically. Crazy. Yeah. I think we've all, yeah, that generation. Now I think the conversation is definitely opening up about emotional vocabulary and people are tuning into their feelings and kind of tapping into what actually feels good and yeah discovering who you are and and what you want to do because like you said being a mom being a wife being whatever you're being there's so much pressure from society and like you said so many of us have come from these loving homes that your parents are doing the best that they they can they love you unconditionally you've had a pretty decent childhood but really they just didn't have the skills to kind of tap in and open that conversation and i think as we all grow up even having uh kind of this new outlook some parents are now instilling in their children and emotional vocabulary and kind of tapping into who they are even through all of that we still as we grow older have to kind of unravel and unscrew ourselves up to figure out put all the pieces together so even with it i'm sure that'll be a part of growing up and changing and discovering who you are but without it just makes things so much more difficult and like you said some of the situations that you were in caused trauma for you and so how did you get to a point where you wanted to make a shift or you knew that just being and doing what everybody else wanted from you or society or expected from you how did you make that shift and actually decide for yourself Well, it's so crazy to me because I feel like from a young age inside of me, I always felt the urge to make a change. I remember going as far back as like junior high and those presentations of like the inspirational people, like some of my peers would just be like, okay, cool. And I was like mind blown. I was moved. I was like, yes, I want to be a life changer. So it's so crazy to me knowing that like from such a young age, I just felt this pull to want to um, not necessarily make an impact, but I guess soothe people. Like I just felt like I feel I knew very young that I wanted to soothe people. So um, coming into my high school years again, which is where I feel like my life sort of turned, um, I feel like even going through um, all of the things that I did and the traumas, I feel like it's so weird. Inside of myself, I knew that I wasn't going to let those things bring me down. 
So I always knew, but I kept living them. So I kept living them and living them and living them, but I always knew I'm like, I'm not going to let them live. Like, I'm not going to be brought down by this and I'm going to be the mom I want to be. So, but I also realized that I was in the cycle. The cycle is real. So I was just in the cycle. I'd want to escape the cycle that I was in and then I'd stay in it. And then it just was a cycle and a cycle and a cycle. And then honestly, it was just, um, looking at my kids and as they were getting older, realizing um, everything I was trying to instill in them, I couldn't where we were and how we were being together as a unit. And I needed to show my kids um, my power so that they could have theirs. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that is when I decided to shift as my kids got older, but I do feel like it was always in me. I don't think I let my traumas bring me down till almost the last few years to be honest I feel like that's when now that they're I have come out of them there is a lot of heavy stuff that I have dealt with in the last few years to try and you know you brush it under the rug and you tell yourself you're fine and then you're convinced you're fine for your whole entire adult life till you're like holy crap I'm far from fine <laughs> Yeah, I can totally relate to that. So when you were in the cycle and you knew that you wanted change, why do you think that you just stuck to living it? Like, were there any fears that kept you stuck or, or like what, why yeah. stay there? There was a lot of fears in, um, making big changes. Um, I mean, just the unknown. Like, I feel as though if I could give people the gift of just, it will be okay. And it's like, you need to get to this um, point. I just think it's fears. It's a fear of the unknown, the fear of um, instability. But I mean, when you're living in a cycles, that is the most unstable way you're living anyways. So I feel, um, yeah, probably just um, insecurity and um, the fear of the unknown is horrifying. However, I mean, you sit there and you're just, the, the worst part is sitting in this bubble. This is what I tell people, there's like this bubble where you know you're gonna change it, but you don't know when. So you're just like living this like bubble, this not, not where you're gonna stay, this you know you're gonna make a change, but you don't know when you're just waiting for that little magic to show up to be like now and then you're like okay holy crap that bubble was the worst bubble i'm so glad it's over okay perfect so for you when was that magic spark that led you to jump in and make those changes and jump into the unknown um so Honestly, uh, as far as yoga goes, I feel like I had started taking yoga um, and I'm not going to say it's yoga that changed my life, but it kind of is. It's just <laughs> like when you have those moments to tap into yourself and I know that yoga seems scary to people, meditating seems scary to people, but really the bottom line of yoga and meditating is um, listening. That is the bottom line is that is listening if you're just quieting yourself and you can listen um so i think probably like before i made like the big old leap to 
um, really change my life and do what I felt was best for me. I um, probably it was about like three, it took me probably three years in a bubble, which is so crazy that I even, but yeah, I think I decided for probably about three years and I mean, I wasn't sure, but I was quite ready. And I just looked at my kids and thought, I owe this to you. And I wanted my kids to live a better life than I did for myself. And I knew that I needed to make a change to do that. Okay. So this sparks a few questions for me. When you made the shift for yourself, did your kids notice? Okay. So what's so crazy is you think that your kids don't notice, but they notice everything. So it is so um, interesting because I guess my answer is yes, they 100% noticed. I didn't realize they noticed until a long time later, but I mean, I think they knew. They could just feel it. D did they ever say anything or they just kind of watched you and, and knew that you were changing, but. Yeah, they didn't say anything till, till we had found some space that we could talk about sort of. I'm really, I do take the time to talk to my kids about their emotions and about their feelings. And I mean, we even do check-ins on my parenting, like, let's like, give me constructive criticism. Like, where do you think I could be better? So we do have these, we, we are very open emotionally and I want them a part of um, them helping me raise them and having a choice in um, those conversations. I think it is important to let them help guide me because I have no idea what I'm doing. So like, let's work together and break together. So uh, I, yeah. it is pretty um, neat. And I do, I can see it, especially, you know, I have three older girls and then my youngest is a boy. I, I know, and I'm confident that my girls will um, be able to make healthier choices for themselves from our shift in our life. Yeah, that gives me chills. I absolutely love that you say that out loud that yeah, as parents, you don't really know what you're doing, you do the best that you can with what you have and having those conversations and taking feedback from your kids is brilliant. Like I cannot wait to take that in because I know growing up, you're just kind of you do what your parents do, you do what society tells you to do, you be who everybody else wants you to be, and you don't really have a voice. Exactly. And really, when you think about it, you just want your kids to be happy and live in their purpose and have the best life. But so often that they're silent. So checking in with how you can be a better parent, how your relationship can, um, you can work through things. I just think that is so brilliant. And if anybody takes anything out of this, the one thing, oh my gosh, is yeah. Having those conversations and taking that feedback as a parent. Yeah. Just the other day I talked, my oldest just turned 18 and we just had a quick check-in in the kitchen. I was just like, Hey, so like she said that I'm all up in her business, but she's like, I understand you are. And I'm like, okay, like, where do you think I'm up in your business? And you know, they are like when you're 18 and still in school. And 
I'm like, okay, noted. Like she is 18 and she's responsible and I trust who she is and what she is and I trust her. So yeah, maybe I could take a step back, but I do think it's really important. And I also think it's where like, I don't really need to punish my kids, like not punish, but you know, like I, they don't have that many consequence consequences um, because our consequences are our conversations. And they know that when I say, okay, like we just got to do this and this is what we're doing. They respect me enough that they will listen and we will do what we need to do. But I also respect them enough that if they're making poor choices, I know that they did not intentionally or, you know, like it's nothing a conversation can't fix. Right. And like you said, we are that that's how you navigate life. You make shitty choices and you learn from them and you grow and being able to have conversations and not lock it all up as shame and guilt that I mean, I'm still kind of shedding those layers today as an adult, like all that. I never had conversations ever about the way that I felt or the things that happened in my life. And you just hold on to that heavy burden of that shame and that guilt. So having those conversations with your kids and, and trusting in them and instilling in them, you know, your values and having that mutual respect is so important. And one other quick note on this topic is, is I feel, um, again, the way that our generation of parents parented, it was, you know, like, um, get good marks, use your manners, go to your room, whatever, whatever the punishment would have been. But I always went to my room or got punished and thought, like, I was upset at my parents. I felt wronged. I felt like I, I was just almost just like, um, screw you. Like this is a you problem, not a me problem. When the reality was it is a me problem, but I wanted, I always, from when my kids were little, like little, probably two, I started using like, um, vocabulary. I did not want them to feel like I was upset at their choices. I wanted them to be upset at their own choices. So I used vocabulary. Like, how do you think that made this person feel and how does that feel to you when you hurt people's feelings like or are you disappointed in yourself not I'm disappointed in you it's like what is disappointment to you and is this something that disappoints you I always wanted my kids when they maybe made choices I wouldn't agree with um I just wanted them to feel it for themselves and have their own consequences not my consequences so I also feel like that's a little bit where it's been um, I don't know, good for me and my children to, you know, not closing the door and thinking, um, screw you, mom. They close the door and they're like, probably like, screw you, mom, but also like, God damn it, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go through that phase like, oh, mom, who do you think you are? And then five minutes later, come out and have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I love that. So you were saying that you the shift in you kind of like being still um, tuning into how you felt started with taking yoga classes. When did you decide that you wanted to get your yoga certification or, t- or take that course? Well, I started yoga and hated yoga. Um, I started taking it for my back, but I stayed committed and I kept going three times a week. And then all of a sudden I stopped and I was like, wait, no, I think I'm feel a little crazy. So I went back and 
I think I had taken it for four years. And once I started yoga, I was in it. Like it was in me. I needed to do it. Um, I feel really lucky that that did happen to me because I know it's hard for some people. But um, and then, I mean, I did want to take my training, but also learning is very hard for me. So I am a very poor learner. So doing tests, um, comprehension, trying to remember things is feels impossible and daunting and scary. And to go into training is um, horrifying when you know you're going to be learning so much heavy um, product in such a short time. And like the hours are very um, long. So I was just honestly, I am so thankful and will always be so thankful for um, I had the best um, yoga teachers just encouraging me all the time. And it, if it was not for them being like, you will be fine, Jen, <laughs> I would not have taken it. So yeah, I probably decided after about four years. And if it wasn't for them telling me that I would be okay, then I would not have taken my training. And I mean, it just when the stars align and magic happens, it's like it fell on the right weekends. It fell like it just fell perfectly placed in our crazy schedule of the kids dancing and all of that. So yeah, probably about after four years. Wow. I know you saying that. Yeah, you have four kids yeah. and your kids dance and I've seen the schedules and your meal planning and all the things. And yeah when things flow and are in alignment, like you obviously were ready and yeah. when things could flow in the weekends work, that's so cool how it all lined up for you and you were able to. I know it's so crazy. It's like the universe actually has your back. And you know what? I've got to pause here because you said something that you want to tell everybody else where the yoga teachers were like, Jen, it is going to be okay. You are going to be okay. And that you said earlier is the message that you want to tell other people who are maybe going, going, living through something scary, you will be okay. Yes. So, yes, I do. I feel like that is just my, I just, all I want to do is make people feel like they will be okay, but not because I'm telling them, not because they're listening to podcasts, not because they're doing yoga because I want people to feel for themselves that they will be okay because I do feel like it's so hard to listen to yourself. A hundred percent. That's where I feel like it's just, it is just a little bit of magic. And I do feel like that's where um, in the kids, I see it all of the time. It's just like every time I'm working with them, I just see magic. I feel like I can watch the kids I'm working with and listen to the conversations. It's so powerful. Um, their input into our conversations on life things that most adults wouldn't even, I think, think to sit down and have a conversation with kids. It's so powerful to um, listen to their input and what they have to say. And, you know, um, I just feel like when you watch them and you're giving them these tools that it is that it's like, I think I'm teaching them that they'll know always inside of themselves that it will be hard, but it will be okay. Mm -hmm. And you are giving them those tools. So yeah, I want to go there because you are starting with children at a young age. I mean, some of the kids in your class, what are they three? 
Yeah, like some are just three. Like I just have one started last week. He just turned three the weekend before. Yeah, three years old, starting at three years old, getting to hang out with you, hanging at your classes. And I love that you say that, yeah, it's not the external stuff. Like whatever you consume, you can consume all of this wonderful, great knowledge, inspiration, but really it comes down to like your internal self developing. Yeah. That self love and all of those different skills. So why did you, I guess you want to instill that at a young age, what drew you to the children? Is it Um, because that you didn't have that when you were young? My pain, like, honestly, that is what, drew me to the children a lifetime of pain i just feel like i can give like it's something like i can just give kids tools to help them not stop their pain but maybe just even like listening to their own intuition like if i can just give even a small handful of those kids that maybe they'll be like "Mm, this feels bad in my body i'm maybe not gonna go with you here that is all that it can take to change a life like that is it to like alter something that is life changing in someone or you know staying in unhealthy relationships or you know we talk about things as little as in the older classes the older kids like as little as as our energy and what it's um feels like how our energy you can read people's energy and we talk about um even how traumatic it is to our energy levels and our nervous system to just be mean to, you know, nobody really wants to talk bad. If you're talking bad about someone, you're feeling bad about yourself. It's like setting boundaries for those in yourself, even, even talking mean. It's not about even just like taking like what you can do to protect yourself and your own energy from um, hearing negative talk on the outside to you. It's like, also you need to um, be careful of your words and the energy you're putting out because when you're putting out negative energy, it's actually filling your own self with that also. So it is just like those things, like no matter what anyone's trauma is, someone's small trauma could be a little bit of gossip and someone's major trauma could be abuse. Like the, But it is equally as powerful because it's all relative to what you've been through. So I just want to... I truly, truly believe that the work that we do together, the children and I can save their lives. <laughs> it sounds cliche, but no. I do feel like that. I love that. I totally, <clears throat> yeah, hundred percent agree with that. It takes one moment. It takes one decision. It takes one thought to transform your life or put you on a different path. So I do feel like the work that you have is so powerful and impactful to these little people and kind of giving them that gift that they can take with them throughout their whole life, learning it at such a young age. They are so lucky to be surrounded by you. I honestly feel it's so, I feel so lucky every time I get to do that it doesn't i mean how can it feel like a job it feels like magic it feels just so amazing but i mean it is pretty neat we talk a lot about um 
not even just breathing. It's not like just breathe. We talk about why we breathe and the effects of our breath in our organs and our nervous system. Like I give them like the science behind what we're doing chemically in their body, like physically in their body. Um, because I do feel like those little tiny baby seeds are ones that can stay with them. It's like, oh, remember, like I'm breathing. Well, wait, you breathe for your whole life. A hundred percent. Yeah. like Understanding. I feel breath. The breath. Okay. So can you take us through one of your classes? What do they entail? Um, well, it depends. I usually try and pick a topic. Um, this week actually was rest and why we need to rest and actually allow our bodies to rest. Um, we talked about our sleep and what happens um, physical, physio- physiologically in our body when um, we're sleeping, just like the science behind why you need to sleep. We talked about our nervous system and how the second we open our eyes, our nervous system is like fire, 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 which is using energy. And, you know, I tried to explain to them, we talked about different ways for them to find rest. And it's just, we'll sit there and usually at the start, we'll talk about topics like that, like the opening of what we're going to do. And then we ground ourselves, we breathe, we try and focus on how we want to feel in our bodies. Then we'll usually do poses. This week was just magical because you don't think, um, a whole classroom of kids so young would get into a pose that's restorative and just peace out. So I have this classroom of kids who are awake, but resting. They're not moving. Their fingers aren't wiggling. Their eyes are closed. And you can just see it is just like, it's giving me goosebumps right now because it is just like watching these young kids find rest in their body without a TV and without sleeping proves how badly our bodies actually need that because I mean you can tell them to sit there and meditate but you know getting them into that restful place so once they were done their magic we um, usually finish our poses and then they I always give them a journal prompt um, most of the time sometimes I'm like just journal whatever came up but this week we were I wanted them to decide where they could find rest in their day And the younger kids, some of them need help writing and stuff. So that's when I can see kind of sometimes what they're writing. I don't ask um, the older kids if they share or they share. If they don't, they don't. But I mean, they'll say breathing. We learn different types of breathing. Finger tap breathing is one all of them love to do. And so it was cute yesterday. Lots of them said finger tap breathing. And then... um, I did share it on my social media, but this one seven-year-old girl ran up to me after class and showed me her journal prompt. And it it was, it said, this was the best pose I ever done in her little cute writing. And it's her lying on her mat with a bolster under her head. I'm like, it's just, and on her mat, I just, my heart melted. Cause I'm like, that is just the magic. Like that's the best pose she ever did. You'd think kids would want to do tree pose or balancing pose or, something crazy but the best pose she ever did was resting her body because i mean it just goes to prove how good it felt in their body but yeah so this week was rest that would be walking you through a class i mean we do ones on love but again when we talk about a feeling like love or compassion or courage it's not love 
it's like, what is love? Because love to you isn't love to me. How I give love isn't how you give love. How it's like we talk about how it is different and just getting them to understand what it is to themselves. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. I love that. And I love how that girl chose the rest pose in a world with so much stimulation and so much distraction and so much at your fingertips that, yeah, it just has like, we need to slow down and rest, disconnect and really tune into our bodies, which is what you're helping these little people do. I have a question. In your classes, do you or have you ever experienced someone who was like a little person just filled with anger or maybe it's just anger where it isn't as easy to, I don't know if the words connect, but but to maybe have an impact or or leave us you know, plant the seed? Have you ever encountered children at that point? Um, you know, this is where I am always mind blown because I really haven't. I've had kids that are yappy and I've had kids who will lie in Shavasana and just start crying. You know, like they just, and then maybe they'll stay and talk to me, but like I've never had a kid who is just you know maybe they're fidgety and they don't want to sit still but i've never had one just raging i have worked privately with um some younger kids who you know um have really bad anxiety or have odd or adhd and i've worked with those kids but i still feel like i don't i don't know if it's because i give them the space that they're not given that they can just that we will talk about when they're angry like I let them, I'm like, how does it feel in your body when you're feeling angry? Then they tell me, like, I feel hot. I want to throw something or hurt somebody. And then, but, but the craziest part is after that, they're like, then I feel bad. And, and then I'm tired. And then, you know, it's like, they know in their bodies that like, they feel the cycle, but they're not given the space to, I think, I, I don't know if I don't know if that's why, but I feel like it's because I let them come in here and be like, that must suck. <laughs> like that feels bad, doesn't it? But like that must be hard mm -hmm. because I'm just overcorrecting, correcting, correcting, correcting. Obviously, if you have a kid who is um, angry and violent in class, which I have worked with one who is like that. And I worked with the mom and the teacher and it's like, I see them and I see a different like I, it's like, I feel like I see these little souls and I just, I'm like, I am sorry. Like you need, sorry. Mm -hmm. See them in a different light and yeah, giving them that space. I feel like the energy too, that you have, like anybody who's been around you just knows that like in your space and in your energy field is just a sense of Zen and calm. So I don't yeah, I love that. Yeah, you give those little kidlets that space and see them in a different life. And because, yeah, like you said, teachers, when you have 17, 20, 30 kids and you're trying to, you know, run a class and um, see everybody and hear everybody, 
like it can get chaotic. So and you so have to keep your other students safe also. Yeah, so them having an outlet to check into those feelings and yeah, yeah. work their way through. Yeah, and we usually work, I mean, I usually guide them through different types of breath work options that can help them um, catch themselves. But the thing is with stuff like that is I really, like you need to implement it enough times when they're feeling well to, for them to be able to grasp it when they're not. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel like um, it's important to implement, you know, like even if you just do a little quick five minute breath work with your kids every day, it's in those moments that seem daunting. Five minutes to breathe seems daunting, but it's not. And that five minutes can save your child when they have a different five minutes, the one time a year that they need their breath to save them. But they won't be able to reach it if it's not in practice enough to get there. Right. That makes so much sense. I'm just in the middle of actually, I have my first test patient for um, actually teaching babies up to three breath work. I want um, to start a program teaching parents how to teach their kids um, how to use their breath at that age, because I know that if it's, it's like teaching sign language. If you can teach your kid sign language, you can teach your kid how to breathe. I love that. I was just going to ask you, what do you have in store? What are you doing next? Well, that is a major one because again, I feel like even um, kids can find their breath in a tantrum when they're two, if you've consistently allowed to teach them their breath. But I mean, it takes consistency. It takes doing it in the times that everything's fine. And I think that's where it gets hard to stay. But yeah, I really want to work with, um, parents starting them younger than I can work with them because at that age, they just need their parents to be doing it every day. I um, would love, it is my dream to start, I want to teach adults. I mean, I do teach adults yoga, but I wanna do a, um, I wanna teach adults how to use their breath without scaring them. Like, mm meditating I don't want to be some it's just real I just want to come in and work on mindfulness with adults and I feel like it's there's such like little gems here and there that I really would love to do and I am hoping to create more products for kids and parents to help um, bring them together to help them facilitate conversations within their families and within their feelings and um yeah just working with kids i would love to work with children um who have had trauma in their lives i've just recently taken um a few different courses for trauma yoga and just childhood trauma and grief and loss and i want to help those kids also Wow. I mean, I want to do everything. I just everyone <laughs> souls and wrap them in the hook. And I wish I could just like, I always say, I wish I could just like plug myself into someone else and just be like, okay. <laughs> Download. Yes. Because I mean, I do feel people sometimes look at me and they think, oh, like she's got it all together. And I'm like, I do not have nothing together. 
consistently have nothing together, but I have to consistently every second of every day use all of the tools that I have given myself to help navigate my own life still right now. Yeah, I love that. And I like how you are. I think that's such, that would be such a powerful thing to work with parents, uh, like through your products to have conversations or facilitate the communication with their children. So that because I love that you instill in the children from a young age, all of the tools and the knowledge, because they can take that and run with it, even if they aren't in the greatest circumstances. And then also the parents, the parents are the ones who are overseeing the children. So if they had some of the tools themselves that they can use, then maybe it the kids wouldn't be living in such a closed box that they're constantly trying to break out of. Yeah. And I mean, as you're aware, I, the world right now is in um, a very self-awareness shift, which is amazing. Everyone's um, trying to change their past and find themselves and read books to help find balance. And it is just amazing that people are doing that, but I feel like that again is something that's missing. It's like, okay, well, I'm busy fixing myself and reading all these self-help books and podcasting and meditating, going to yoga, but am I, but then I'm just parenting, you know, it's like, it's like, let's take these things we're learning and share them with our children. So they don't need to fix themselves when, you know, I mean, we're always going to need to fix ourselves, but you know, like they can almost, it's like, we're busy unlearning as they say, but let's just teach them first. So they don't need to unlearn as many things. Yes. I love that. Okay. I have some final questions for you. So my first one is what is your favorite piece of feedback you've gotten from a parent about the impact that you've had on their child? Um, I don't even know if I would know where to begin because I get such nice comments all of the time. I, I, I honestly, I don't think I would have one that stood out more. I guess it would maybe the major one is just, I'm so thankful for my connections with the children. Um, so when parents take time to tell me that they appreciate our connection and just that they see um, the impact of the conversations that we're having. I feel like that would be it, but I don't think there's just one time. That stands out. I could see that people are always commenting and sharing with you all of the greatness that they see through their children that you've instilled in the work that you do. Yeah. I mean, when I get little pictures of kids, like in bed meditating, I almost melt. (laughs) (laughs) It just means that what we're practicing in class, they go. So, I mean, those are probably at the top is watch like when parents just all of a sudden catch their kids doing something that we had worked on. Or when a parent's like, oh, my kid came home today and before bed, we 
they taught us how to breathe. Like, like those things are so powerful because it's like, yes, yes, teach your parents. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, my next question is, it's really the small things that make such a huge impact on a person's life. What are some of the small things for you? That make an impact to me. Um, Honestly, I feel like when people are vulnerable and open, that is, it's so small. Like we talk about this in our classes, like smiling at a stranger is a very small moment of massive vulnerability. It's such a small thing, but it is like, vulnerability it seems big but it's actually a million small things so i would say just that and thoughtfulness i feel i feel vulnerability would be it i love that uh when do you feel like the truest highest version of yourself honestly it's so crazy but right after i've crashed (laughs) Like right after I've had a moment where I have felt like I'm not enough, like I can't keep up, like I'm tired. Um, I don't very often let myself have um, a victim mentality moments, but I do let myself have those. Um, so yeah, usually right after I've crashed, I, I just like crash and snap. And then I'm like, oh, wow, here I am. <laughs> but that's literally it and it happens quite often it's part of my own cycle so that is awesome yeah the feeling that you get coming back from that and letting yourself actually be human and go there and yeah not having this perfect uh well like you said people look at you and say like oh she's got this and this and this and everything's blissful and whatever and you have all these tools and skills and knowledge, but you're still human and you still crash and have shit that happens that you just have the tools maybe to be in the, in the stuff or in the, like, like you said, in the, um, not victim, but in that space, but probably for a lot less time than other people, you can just crash, download, get rid of all that negative stuff and then pick yourself up and keep carrying on. Yeah. And then I'm like, my battery's next level full. And I'm like, I'm going to take on the world until (laughs) next time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Okay. My next question is, I guess it's just a finish this sentence. I feel most at peace when. Um, when I'm probably um, meditating or breathing, I just feel like as for people that don't breathe, they probably don't know. But um, yeah, probably when I can find moments of stillness in my body, because I mean, as you can imagine with four kids and the yoga and just life, it is hard to find um, that. So when I can be still, there's this moment, sometimes I catch myself actually when I'm guiding meditations that, or I like to call them breath work actually, um, because I think meditation scares people. But there's these moments where I'm guiding them and all of a sudden like I can just get myself to this space that feels um, 
this it's just this glorious space <laughs> but that would be it i actually just did a meditation um i walked sort of the like i just put it up on my social media um i walked myself through my meditation like how i like the process of the emotions that happened to me through my meditation and then how i end up sort of working through quickly to feel myself again and then i'm like okay you're okay jen mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I just did your one that you posted the other day. Oh my gosh. That was it. That was it where you read. Oh, that what I read was like, I was lying there at night and I was feeling the night before that was it. So you get it. That's, that's what you what you listen to was me how I go through my meditation, like the craziness to putting it to the side of me to like that was that was my meditate. That is how I feel in my meditation without talking it, but I just wrote down on paper my process. Um, I want more of that. I <laughs> finally, okay, I'm wearing this shirt that says meditate, yes. who I was gifted from. Uh, I think I found who I was gifted it from. Um, but the other day, yeah, it just came into my house in the mail. Okay. And then I pulled a card, a card flipped over. No, sorry piece of paper flipped over with the word meditate that's been a bookmark in my book that I wrote on a sticky. Okay. And then your meditation thing came up, your breath work thing came up. And I'm like, okay, obviously this is a sign. You need to sit your ass down and take a moment because it's hard to find quiet space in a busy life. So then I sat in this room and I listened to it was only seven minutes and I like the emotions that I was like my body obviously needs this my mind needs this it was the best most incredible like shedding quiet real life like all of the things afterward I was like I need more of this this was the most magical seven minutes of my life um, I just feel renewed, revitaled. It was, yeah. So please well, share more of that because that was incredible. Thank you for saying that. That means so much to me. I mean, I randomly do meditation, meditation, breath work on my uh, social media. Um, but that one, like the messages that came rolling in from that one was so crazy. And like you, there was another lady that on um, that commented the same thing. She's like, oh, she doesn't do that sort of thing. And she said, actually, I thought seven minutes seems like a lot. And then sort of the same thing as you, she sat down and I mean, that comment made me cry because they were all amazing. But when I, when I get to be a part of someone feeling what you felt for like, that they don't feel honestly it's like that's what I want people to have so it was kind of really special that that breath work had such an impact on so many people because what I had wrote is my meditation it's how I let myself let go of everything so mm -hmm. it was just so special to me and yes so now you know that is exactly how that is why I breathe. Yes. And that is your gift to the world because I just think of so many times, you know, and I've said this to you before, there's so many times that you 
think so highly of someone or what they're doing has such an impact on you, but you just don't tell them. You just appreciate them quietly and carry on. But the work that you do, I mean, you hear from these people who you make such a powerful impact on their lives, but there's so many more. There's probably more people that you don't hear from that you have the same effect on. And I just think that's such a gift that you have that you're sharing with the world and you're, yeah, living in your, yeah, living it. But yeah, I'm so, I mean, again, thank you. This you telling me about your experience with that. It's just, it's just extra special because that was extra special to me because that is my moment. Like what I wrote, that is my heart that is you know like that it already was special to me and I thought about keeping it in my um actually it's funny I wrote it on my like notes while I was it was like 12 o'clock at night and I just couldn't sleep and I was feeling restless and I wrote it in my notes on my phone and then I just reread it in the morning and I I wanted to read it out because when I'm also um guiding people it is doing you know like the same thing for me it's like so weird i'm like yeah i'm guiding people through breath work meanwhile i'm actually soothing myself but so it was like it just was so special yeah that was yeah i can't wait to get more of that that was amazing i don't even know how that came out of me people people <laughs> like someone was like can i have what you wrote i'm like or can i have that poem and i was like yeah sure it's just like on my thing they're like you wrote that i'm like yeah i'm like don't even ask me how i don't know it came out of me. <laughs> I know it's amazing sometimes what, yeah, when you're just like being you, being true to yourself, whatever flows out, looking back at it sometimes, like, holy shit, I guess, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was, exactly. Or like lots of social media, I mean, always it's like the picture doesn't maybe always go with the um, write-up. But if people focus on my write-ups, most of the time, whatever I'm writing, it's because that's what I'm needing. So I'm just like writing down what I need myself. And usually it's like, I am in dark, but I know there's light. It's like my own self pep talk. That's just what I'm sharing. My It's like, I'm sharing my own little diary of, you know, the dark and the light. That's so cool that you can do that and share that with the world. I love that. Thank you. Okay, so I have a couple more questions. The next one's you're a mentor for so many adults and children out there. Who are some of your greatest mentors? It's actually so funny you asked me that. I just asked someone who um, was theirs, but um, I would honestly have to say my top one would be my grandma. She's passed away. Um, but just even at her funeral, like the world was just like, she's the best. She's like, she was kind and giving and selfless. And it's like those people that you can just feel they're giving without giving. So she's probably one. Um, I mean, I could probably go on and on and on. Do you want just one or 20? <laughs> I really, um, I really like um, a lot of quotes by like 
Maya Angelou. I like listening to Jay Shetty. I like Gabrielle Bernstein. I mean, all those people, but I really feel like my grandma's probably one. And I know it's um, cliche to say my kids. I look at my kids and um someone shared um uh, the pink pineapple she just shared a amazing post about this and it's like your kids they're my mentors because they have made me do hard things because I want the best for them so I would say my kids like I look at them and I want to be better and do better for myself so that they can do better for themselves by watching me wow I love that Okay, if you could still, could instill one quality in every child around the world, just one, what would it be? To listen, to listen to themselves, to close their eyes and breathe and um, just listen to themselves and listen. Because when you can listen to yourself, you can feel yourself and um, not just listen to like, you know, the overthinking, the anxiety, like listen to your heart. Because your anxiety and your overthinking is more powerful than um, your heart sound. So to quiet those and listen. Listen. Okay, so lastly, where can people find you and all the greatness that you have to offer? Well, they can find me on Instagram at simply underscore dot Jen. Um, I know it's a lot, but you know, there's a lot of simply gens, I guess. And Jen Edwards on Facebook, my yoga. Um, I have a yoga page on Facebook, but most of my stuff, I would say most of collectively everything is on my um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. I'm on both, so. Okay, and did you want to share a little bit about your Affirm Big deck and the clothing that you are now sharing with the world? Yes, I started, uh, selling hoodies. They have little sayings on the back right shoulders. Other than that, they're plain. Um, the sayings are, if you're reading this, I hope you're enough. If you're reading this, I hope you know your worth. And if you're reading this, I hope something good happens today. My thought in that and putting them on the back of the shoulder was it's so simple to make an impact without anyone even having to talk. You just stand in line and you're having a hard day and you look at someone's shoulder and you're like, I am enough. Um, It's just making tiny impacts wherever like the tiniest thing can make such a big impact. I have actually um, gotten the sweetest message from someone who said she was in the grocery store. She read this hoodie. She was having a bad day and she just like went and sobbed and was like, I am enough. And I don't (laughs) she just ended up finding me through people and it's like that that is why I wanted to do those and then I have um shirts that have um words heartfelt words to be placed over their heart um again it's just if you're having a hard day and you look in your closet and you can pull a shirt that says courage um it gives you just like a tiny moment maybe you don't pay attention all day long but maybe you stop you're like courage strength um 
trustworthy, like whatever. And then um, my affirmation cards are extra, extra, extra special because it was like just this tiny idea that I had when I watch kids. Um, I don't want kids just to make affirmation. It's easy to look at an affirmation deck and there's amazing affirmation decks, don't get me wrong, but I know the power of interacting with words. So I had just started a list um, of affirmations and then I found an artist who was amazing, Courtney War, and we just collaborated so well. She just got me and the idea behind the deck is to, yes, have kids sit with these words and it is so amazing also. I get videos all the time or parents messaging me that like these kids are actually like, well, what is courage? Because if you actually act, like, does your kid actually know what the word courage means? People might think, actually, I don't really know if my kid knows what that means. And even if they do, what does it mean to them? So, yeah, my Affirm Big Deck is definitely, it's like a dream come true. And I've had schools use them. And it is to facilitate conversations um, with families or for kids to, I have teenagers using those decks who are just, taking the time and they appreciate the moments. And when you're sitting there coloring a affirmation that says, I am brave, you're maybe going to think of moments you are brave. Yes, you have such a huge impact near and far. And I just absolutely love everything that you are doing. So well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I was so excited to do this with you as well. It's so amazing. Also watching you do your thing too. Aw, thank you. I know on my list, well, you saw on my list of people when I first said, I want to share people's stories. I just think storytelling is so important and they can just share all the ahas, the moments, the little things that impact their lives in a positive way. Immediately, I was like, yeah, I love everything that she does. And yeah, all that you do for our children and all the parents out there. And well, thank you. I know when I came across your just checking out the stories and I was like, wait, like I'm on this list with all these. I mean, one of them is my favorite. Jay Shetty is one of my I've been a part of his little Facebook group since before he was even so popular so i'm like wow that was so exciting i mean I'm like lucky even to work with your cute little boy so yeah i'm letting me do that too thank you okay and before we sign off i just have to go there because i feel like yeah jay shetty is at the top of your list and you're at the top of so many people's lists and sometimes we put these people on a pedestal i mean he is there with all of that he's doing, but I feel like so many people have you on that pedestal. And Jay Shetty actually commented or shared, what did he do with one of your posts? Yes, I almost died. Um, so he does actually follow my social media. So randomly, very randomly, I won't make it be like, oh, he likes all of my stuff, but very randomly all of a sudden see Jay Shetty liked one of your posts and I'm like, mind blown. But the most mind blowing moment was on my social media. I have my younger class. I believe they were five to seven, 
I think there were five to seven. Um, I think it was two years ago. I have them in a circle. Their eyes are closed. Some, their palms are together in front of their chest. Some have their hands on their knees open. Their eyes are closed. We're breathing in, we're breathing out. And we are affirming, like, I am brave, I am strong. I can't exactly remember the ones we were doing because, but, so it's just this video um, going around the circle of these kids breathing in and breathing out. They're just meditating, they're just breathing. And he shared it on his story. So yes, he shared one of my little baby classes breathing. <laughs> well, who knows, maybe you'll be collaborating with him next. I mean, that would definitely be something else, I tell you. <laughs> well, thank you again. I love all of that you do. And I just can't wait to see where you go next. And yeah, now that things are back and open and in person. Yeah, I can't wait to get my little guy back into your class, hanging out with you. Just like I said at the beginning, if you don't know who Jen is, you have got to run out and follow her. And if your kids don't know who she is by first name, uh, I would jump on that right away. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.